You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to thank you for joining me today. And if you hadn't signed up to get the email, uh, the devotion that I send out every day along with this podcast, go to our website, myfaithroots.com, and there's a place there to sign up, and we'll get that email sent to you every morning. And it's a little written uh, partnership uh, piece that comes along with this. There's no charge for it. And uh, so I would encourage you to get that. It'll, it'll give you something that you can, uh, uh, actually, if you wanted to print these guys and create some kind of a workbook or a devotion book, you could. All right. Proverbs twenty twenty seven. Jerusalem Bible, man's spirit is the lamp of Yahweh or of the Lord, searching his deepest self. Uh, God leads us to our greatest fruitfulness. That's what God wants to do. He wants to lead you to where you bear fruit. Uh, that's how the kingdom of God is going to be grown, when all of us as individuals are bearing the fruit that we're supposed to bear. When I am realizing what I was put on this earth to do, whether it's in full-time ministry or in something else, I am supposed to bear fruit. You know, we had some uh, trees that we planted in our backyard, and this particular part of our backyard was artificial. We had to put a big uh, stem wall in because we lived on a steep hill, so we put a big concrete wall, and then we backfilled all this with dirt, and we put a French drain down the bottom and drained it all, but the soil was a little different. It was tightly compacted, and trees uh, didn't do well there if they weren't the right variety. So the first couple of trees we put out there, they just didn't make it. They didn't do well at all. And our guys did a little bit more uh, research on it, and they found trees that love wet feet, and that part of our yard was really wet. And so they planted a couple trees, and today our, our backyard's been totally transformed, and these trees love that dirt. They love that place. And it's interesting to me because uh, you, you would think that any tree would do well in that place, and that's not so because trees are unique like people are unique. And uh, so we have to be planted in the right spots. I look at where other people are planted, and I marvel. I couldn't be planted there. That's not for me. I, I'm glad you're there, but I, you know, I've got great friends that are missionaries. My friend Jack Harris, I've supported Jack for over 35 years. He's one of the most faithful missionaries I know. I couldn't do what Jack does. Uh, Jack loves to travel all over the world. He's got millions and millions of miles on airliners. I forget how many times his airline has been bought out, and uh, he, they just keep giving him uh, the, this amazing elite status, whatever new airline takes over his airline. And, uh, but, but Jack travels to India, Indonesia. He goes everywhere, and he absolutely loves it. Now, I went to Indonesia once. It took me 36 hours to get there. I hated every bit of it. I loved the people. I'm so glad I got to go. I did not enjoy it. I felt like I was so far away from my family. I was not at home with that. But you know what? Jack probably couldn't do what I do. And so, you see, God uses all of us uniquely. He puts gifts in us. And we have things to fulfill that may not be what a 
another person fulfills. So uh, God leads us to our greatest fruitfulness. But but we all have one thing in common, and that's this. We are su- supposed to be planted in a particular place. Listen to Psalm 92. And this is prophetic, by the way. And when I say prophetic, because at the time... This wasn't possible. Uh, It did become possible later when Jesus instituted this thing on the earth called the church. Psalm 92, 12 and 13. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. And man, I haven't seen the cedars in Lebanon. I've heard stories, and most of them have been cut down. I've heard stories about how great they are. I have seen big cedar trees in the Golan Heights and in northern Israel, and they are absolutely amazing. I mean, just amazing. So he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Listen, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. In other words, courts are legal places where decisions are rendered. And we are in court often on this earth because there are demons and principalities, powers, and Satan himself who rage against us. They bring accusations against us. And we have to know how to stand in righteousness against those things. And where do you do best? You do it when you're planted in the house of the Lord. you got to find your place of planting. Now, it doesn't mean that every detail of the place that you're planted will be perfect. There is no perfect church, but God sets us in churches. And we're planted in a house. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Uh, He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord. Well, in the New Testament, the house of the Lord is the local church. So the church is the vehicle that God is using today and has been for 2,000 years to bring about His purposes on the earth. You will not find your purpose without a church. And there are a lot of people who think, well, I can have faith in God without being a part of a church. That's true. You probably can, but you won't thrive. You will not thrive because you were meant for a church. Here's another thing. If you're not following the general instruction of the Word of God and following the general things that Jesus said, you will not be able to follow or find even the specific things that He has for your life. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, that's the universal church, just as He pleased. There's a place for us in the universal church. But we also are put into this local body. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, 28. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the church. So God plants and He nurtures, He guides those who are planted in your local church. Let me give you five reasons that you need to be in a local church. Here, Number one, you're going to learn from someone who's gone before you. And, and listen to me. I learned that a long time ago. I, I don't want to be the point man. I want to follow in someone else's footsteps. I don't mind standing on my own, and I've proven that I've done that many, many, many times. But I will say this. 
I want to hear from someone who's wiser than me, older than me, someone who's been down the path before I got here. And that's what's so important about a local church. You will get that in a local church. Number two, you're going to experience the fellowship of suffering. Listen, when you are isolated and you're all by yourself, you will not realize that other people are going through the same thing that you go through. The Bible says that the same afflictions, 1 Peter 5, the same afflictions are accomplished in your brothers than in the world. A lot of times you're going through a trial and you think that it's strange, that it's unusual. Paul, uh, Peter said, do not think it's strange concerning the fiery trial that has come against you as, some, uh, as though some strange thing happened. Uh, the devil wants to tell you that you're the only person who's ever been through this, and that's not so. You might be surprised that someone else has been through exactly what you're going through who's very near you. They may not be going through it at this time, but they've been through it before. I've been shocked over the years. Uh, listen to me. When I was a young man, first entered ministry, I heard Dr. Lester Summerall say something that set me free. He said, you know, I never had the money to do anything God told me to do when he told me to do it. And I was shocked at that. At that time, Brother Summerall's ministry was older, it was very mature. He had millions of dollars in assets. Uh, he had built up a huge network of TV stations, pastored a, a huge local church, was an in-demand speaker around the country in conventions and conferences. He had books and he had all these things. And, and, and he said, I never had the money to do any of that when God told me to do it. And I, I, I asked him, I was sitting with him, I said... I figured you guys just backed your money trucks up and unloaded them, and and um, you know all of you you big ministries you had all that money. And he said, "No, we had to trust God just like you do." And I got to tell you, that was a great blessing to me. He has to trust God. I I just assume because he had reached a place of great fruitfulness that he never had to trust God. His battles were just bigger than mine. So uh, you experience the fellowship of suffering. Number three, you partake of a synergy that God ordained for the church. When God told Israel, one of you will chase thousand, two of you will put 10,000 to flight. Listen to me. There is a synergy in the church that you can't get by yourself. When you are connected to a group of believers, there is a power that is greater than the sum of your parts. In other words, in the kingdom of God, one plus one does not equal two. One plus one equals ten in the kingdom. And so God puts you into the church. One stone does not make a house. Listen to what Peter said, 1 Peter 2, 5. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. You know, uh, you are to build up a spiritual house, Peter says. We are living stones. So one stone doesn't make a church. We are called together, and there's something about what happens when we come together under the direction of the Holy Spirit into the design of God for our lives. We are able to accomplish something that we couldn't do on our own. Years ago, one of our missionaries had come through, and uh, I saw him sitting in the crowd, and I said, Mike, come on up here. And uh, I said, tell me what's going on in Uganda. And he was talking a little bit about what was happening in Uganda. And I said, Mike, what's your greatest need right now? And he looked at me. I said, yeah, tell me, what's your greatest need? And he said, uh, we need a vehicle. I said, what do you think it would cost? He said, I know what it would cost. It would cost $18,000. I said, church, don't you think it would be great if we could get Mike a vehicle right now? 
And we took up an offering right there on a Wednesday night service. But our church was so big that in one Wednesday night offering, and it was not even a huge offering, just an extra little deal we did, we took up $18,000 and bought Micah Van. Now that's synergy. That's what happens when you are rolling together for the same purpose. And our people took great joy in that and walked away saying, man, I helped buy a man a van tonight for ministry in Uganda. You will find the most fruitful place of service. Listen to me. You know, when you're in a very small place and you have to do everything, you can't do it effectively. But when you are in a church where you can specialize, it is amazing how God uses all kinds of people. I, I, I remember years ago we had a youth minister who was kind of beating up on some of our teenagers because some of them didn't want to go to the mission field. And I said, look, I don't want to go to the mission field. I'm a hotel missionary. I'll go to other countries I have, but I usually stay in a nice hotel and do seminars in the capital city, uh, you know, and I, I'm not one of those guys to go down the dusty roads and to the backwoods and drink branch water and eat turnip greens. I'm, I'm not the one to do that. Uh, that's not my call. And uh, I, I, I'm uncomfortable with that. It's not that I'm scared. I, I, I am a local church guy. I'm an American guy. I love where I fit. And, and, I, and I have prospered in it. God called me to that. But, but I told this youth minister, I said, don't beat up guys who don't want to go to the mission field. I've got four kids. And my daughters want to go to the mission field and have, but my sons don't. But my sons have become very effective pastors. Don't say they, love, they don't love God because they don't want to go to the mission field. Listen to me. Learn to recognize that God sets all kinds of different gifts, and so God allows us to specialize. And then here's perhaps the best. When you're a part of a church, you don't get to pick the topics that are preached on Sundays. Wow. That is so important. I got to tell you, some of the most amazing life-changing messages that I've ever heard are not the messages I would have picked. They surprised me. They snuck up on me. When I went to church, I heard something I would not have opted to hear had I known it was coming, but it was what I needed. And that's why church is so very important. Well, you can't find the plan of God or the purpose of God specifically until you're willing to follow the plan of God generally, and generally God has called us to the local church. That's all the time I have for today, so we'll pick up here tomorrow. See you then. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.